Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, my good friend and esteemed uh, co-host is with us today. And, you know, Kathy and I, have we have been doing this for, I think now, our 13th year, and we've helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. And what we've been doing as of late is focusing on what top performers do in the moment to be a top performer and zeroing in on the title of our new book, which is called Emotional Brilliance. So a lot of what we're focusing on with our top performers here is what kind of emotions the top performers experience. How do you gear yourself up for a top performance? How do you get better understanding of your emotions? What is an emotional brilliance performance? What emotions are most challenging? How do you manage emotions? So our goal here is to help you expand, improve, and select the best emotional competencies and strengths to master the moment for you. And we know many of you are leaders of teams and leaders of organizations. So how do you make the most of those moments? And today, our guest is Stan Silverman. He is a speaker and advisor and weekly national syndicated columnist in 43 business journals and publications across the U.S. Stan shares his insight and helps businesses and organizations achieve success. So he's going to have a lot to share with us today. He spent decades as a CEO and board member of global corporations and has given him a unique perspective on leadership in the C-suite and expertise on how to set just the right tone at the top, establish the right culture, and achieve results. And so we'll say a little bit more about Stan, but I wanted to bring on Dr. Kathy Greenberg, and she has known Stan for quite a while, so she can um, give you some more information. And, you know, um, Kathy coaches executives and leaderships and their entire companies on her proven work-life strategies based on positive psychology and the science of courage. She touches millions as a much-in-demand speaker, TV and radio media personality. Kathy has, is the founder of four different consultancies, three leadership institutes, and she actively supports the behavioral research while offering friendly tips and tools to be your best at work. And so you can see her shining face on her free iPhone app called Your Happiness Now. She has uh, numerous number one best-selling books, her last best-selling book uh, was Fearless and How to Sharpen Your Focus, Fearless Leaders. And you can visit her and her team. She has a website where you can do some assessments at www.fearlessleadersquiz.com, www.fearlessleaders.com. And also you can go to her website, uh, www.drkathygreenberg.com. So, Kathy, Welcome. Thank you, Relly. Thank you so much. You know, I am so happy uh, to have friends on the show, people who are literally colleagues uh, and, and thought leaders um, in their own right, but who I have had the pleasure uh, of knowing and meeting and, uh, in some cases, working with. And today, uh, Stan is going to be with us to talk about his brand-new book, Be Different. Okay, it's the key to business and career success. So that's the book. For those of you who didn't catch it, it's Be Different, The 
key to business and career success. And if anybody can teach others about how to do that, it's Stan Silverman. So we're going to get right into a great conversation with Stan. He's going to bring you lots of tips and tools based on his many years of experience and as a a leader and executive uh, in a very, very uh, prominent organization and in many other organizations where he has lent his skills, his talent, his leadership uh, to universities, other organizations, and certainly uh, as a mentor and coach to thousands uh, of young minds um, through university affiliations. But before we bring Stan on, I want to share some insight uh, on our forthcoming book, Emotional Brilliance, Living a Fearless Life. And I think Relly uh, says it best when uh, he says some analogies for EI, right, emotional intelligence and emotional brilliance are, um, are kind of easy to follow. A lot of people say to us, you know, I understand emotional intelligence. I'm not too sure I understand emotional brilliance. And that is a new term that Relly and I uh, are bringing out to the world in our new book, Emotional Brilliance, Living a Fearless Life. And if, if you know, if emotional brilliance is your perfect response to the situation, okay, bringing in all your key strengths and capabilities to master it, that's one of the easiest things you can remember, okay? It's your perfect response, not the one you wanted, not the one that you thought of after the moment, but in the moment, it's your perfect response to a situation. So here's some examples, uh, and I love these, really. Thanks for, for bringing these to light. If emotional intelligence is the territory or the map, then emotional brilliance is zooming in on the home. It's your home base, okay? It's the place where you are going to go and feel the safest and be your best. If emotional intelligence okay, is the target, right, the big red and white target, then emotional brilliance is the bullseye. That one really resonates with me. And for those of you who might need one more example, if emotional intelligence is your closet, emotional brilliance is your favorite go-to clothes appropriate for the specific situation. And those of you who uh, resonate with me uh, as a woman often know it's that little black dress. So it's the thing that we know under any circumstance we can put on and look great. So emotional brilliance is laser focused, okay? It's the thing that you need to be to be successful. And we're going to talk more about that today with Stan Silverman as we talk about his new book. So as we get into the conversation here, um, Relly, I'm just going to turn it over to you for just a second or two, just to tell people, you know, why we have been doing this show for 13 years before we get to a conversation with Stan. Okay, good. Thanks, Kathy. Um, and so just a couple of things, then we want to bring on Stan as soon as we can. You know, why we're so interested in, in emotions, you know, we all, we all have them, but most of them, most of us, we don't really understand them as much or know what to do with them. And we basically, in our thinking about emotions and our thinking in general, 
we're not, we don't think that much anymore. And so if you think about these key things, we don't think that much anymore because of we've outsourced our thinking of Siri, Alexa, or the shortcut. When you think about our feelings, the focus on our, our emotional brilliance book, we don't really want to feel bad often. And if we have feelings, we don't really knew, know what to do with them. And emotions are important. The Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence tells us that our emotions influence our attention and memory and learning. So we all know that. If you've got something on your mind, it's hard to focus, something emotionally on your mind. It affects your decision-making. And Kathy and I and Stan work with executives, and emotions you know, affect all their decision-making. Well, Stan, maybe more about that. Your relationship quality, and then also your physical and mental health. And one of the key emotions in the work world is frustration for most people. And if we think about uh, that, 25% of people have felt like screaming and shouting because of job stress. And, and fortunately, none of us do that. But so let's just give you a little bit of idea and kind of pique your interest um, in, in emotions and why this is important. And so, Kathy, let me turn it back so, to you because well, maybe we will yeah, zero in on. exactly. I was just... I was just going to say before we uh, we bring Stan on, I just want to make sure everybody knows who my esteemed uh, host is here, uh, dear friend, and uh, obviously, uh, you know, a leader in the area of emotional intelligence, and that's Dr. Raleigh Nadler. He is a master level certified executive coach, psychologist, corporate leadership, and team trainer, and of course. Relly brings his legendary expertise in emotional intelligence to his keynotes, consulting, coaching, and development programs. And his, uh, his new book, uh, he's authored six books. His newest book is called Physician Burnout. And, um, of course, many of us experience burnout. And uh, I, although I know it's for physicians, really, I think this, this book applies to a lot of us. Um, Dr. Nadler's top-ranked book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, provides hundreds of tools and tips to be your best. And you can get his Leadership Keys Field Guide. It's available at Amazon as a book and an e-book. And you can grab his free, I want to emphasize, both Relly and I have a free iApp. Relly's iApp is Leadership Keys. It has videos, and you can find it at your app store, and it'll bring you lots of great tips and tools to be your best. He has a popular blog on Psychology Today with over 235,000 reads, and it's called leading with EI, and he is a keynote speaker on emotional intelligence, and certainly you can find him easily at drrellynadler.com, okay, www.drrellynadler.com. It's D-R, first name Relly, R-E-L-L-Y, Nadler, N-A-D-L-E-R.com. So with that said, uh, I think you have one more free thing that you give out to people, Relly. It's a wonderful thing. It's a great innovative thing, and it's called EI Central. Um, it's a, a focus for those of us uh, who are interested in how we can use emotional intelligence more effectively. So if you text the word EI Central, just like it's spelled E-I-C-E-N-T-R-A-L, to 38470, or visit him at com, you can catch that, join it, access it, and download all the great things that are there. So without further ado, um, I want to bring on uh, our guest, and that is Stan Silverman. Stan, welcome to the show. Yeah, well, thank you, Kathy, and thank you, Riley, for inviting me onto your show. It's my pleasure to be here. 
So I just want to tell our audience um, a little bit about this uh, new book that you have. Um, certainly the book is new, but your ideas span across, you know, your career success. And you say the fundamental goal of any individual is to be different and to be better than those with whom they are competing for that next job, whether internally or externally uh, at a new company, their goal is to demonstrate to the hiring manager that they are the best choice for that position. So this book teaches how to be different. It is based on your personal experience serving in the trenches as a CEO as well as a director on public, private, nonprofit boards. And, um, you know, we're going to take a quick break, Stan, so stay tuned, all of you. You're listening to Leadership Development News. We're going to be right back to talk about Be Different, the key to business and career success. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, whathappyworkingmothersknow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're 
listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. So we're just getting going, starting with Stan Silverman, who we're going to talk about his book, Be Different, The Key to Business and Career Successes. And Stan was saying that uh, it just came out in December, and he's been on Sirius XM, a bunch of podcasts all talking about it and really getting rave reviews. So we're excited to check into this, Stan. So, Stan, tell us a little bit about, you know, just to, about your background and focus on leadership these days, and then we'll move into, you know, more about your book. Yeah, sure, Ellie. Thank you. So uh, my book really starts my fourth career, um, and I spent many, many years climbing the, uh, the organization of PQ Corporation, which is a global uh, company in the chemical and engineering glass and materials business, went through 11 jobs, eventually becoming the CEO of the company. When the company was sold 15 years ago, I stepped out and served on numerous boards, three public company boards, private, private equity, trade association, nonprofits. And about five and a half years ago, I started to write on leadership, entrepreneurship, and corporate governance for the Philadelphia Business Journal and 42 of their sister publications across the U.S. And I still do that. And about a year ago, I decided that I would write a book based upon approximately 85 of the articles I have written on this subject, and that's the uh, genesis of the book. And so uh, one of the lessons I think we want to learn is, you know, you never know where the future will take you. And I would never have believed I would be doing this today, uh, even 10 years ago, let alone 15 and, you know, 30 years ago. So you never know where the future is going to take you. You've got to take advantage of opportunities and get out there and just do it. I couldn't say it any better, Stan. And, and for those of you who uh, are listening, uh, Stan and I, met many, many years ago uh, when I was with uh, a, a large uh, international consulting firm uh, known as Computer Sciences Corporation, and, and Stan was the CEO of the company. And again, what Stan said is so true. Uh, you know, neither of us, and Relly, I'm sure you could say the same, uh, would have ever thought that we would be necessarily focused on the science of leadership. And here we are. So in your fast vast experience as a manager, a leader, and now as an executive who helps and develops, you know, current and future leaders, what are the most um, common emotions uh, do you see in your experience and in your career for leaders today? Well, there's a number of emotions, and I, I think uh, it really runs the gamut, and I write a lot of, uh, about uh, leaders uh, who run companies where the tone at the top isn't where it should be, where the culture is not where it should be, where the people underneath them, their direct reports, aren't the best people in the world, and, you know, as far as leadership goes. And the folks below them suffer stress, they fu- suffer anxiety, they suffer fear, they suffer uh, uh, frustration. And I just hear it almost every week where people just complain about the leadership within their their, their company, and it's just not where it should be. And, of course, when that happens, the level of trust within the organization isn't where it should be. And when the level of trust isn't high, very little gets done without the elephant in the room. 
And these companies could perform so much better if the, if the leadership was the proper type of leadership and there was trust uh, between the leader and their people and among people within the organization. So, Stan, that's, that was uh, a huge amount of uh, emotions that you just mentioned, just to repeat it back, stress, anxiety, frustration, lack of trust, and then it all uh, impacts their, you know, performance. So um, when you're thinking about your book, was that some of the impetus? You know, you know like we've been talking about, Kathy, and I've written a bunch of books. Like, what was the impetus for this one? And, uh, you know, it sounds like from your business journal you had a bunch of, uh, information ideas there. Uh, what kind of brought it all, the idea of bringing it all together? Well, I could have written the book earlier, uh, but you can, you know, you can write about leadership, but leadership is kind of a fluid subject. You could attack it from many, many different angles. And if you write a book, it's got to be focused. And so it took me a while to focus on the concept of being different. And so the Holy Grail, the Holy Grail of every business is to be different than their competitors so that customers within their market buy from them and not their competitors. So the book teaches how to be different when you're running a business so you become the preferred provider of product or service in your marketplace. And, of course, for all of us, as we rise uh, through our careers and climb the ladder of success, the way we climb that ladder is we need to be different than our peers in a positive way. We need to be different so that when we get promoted internally or when there's a promotion available internally, we're the candidate for that job. When we're applying outside the company, it's very clear of all, from all the candidates that are applying, uh, we're the candidate, the right candidate to, to join the company. So I teach that. I focus that. But I touch on all these other things as, I'm, as I write the book. When, when you think about the number of people that you – uh, have advised, okay, whether they're uh, students um, or they're seniors, because there are a lot of seniors coming back into the market. Um, yes. And some of them, you know, some of them are searching for their first job outside of where they came from, okay? Um, they could be military. They could be law enforcement. They could be uh, people like you and I. Uh, really, I, I don't know how many careers you've had, but I know Stan and I have it had at least three or four, but mm-hmm. what advice do you give them, okay, and, and how might you see this whole um, emotional intelligence or emotional brilliance piece as playing into a practical advantage in the current market? Yes, so whenever, whenever you're uh, trying to sell someone on anything, whether you're making a presentation in front of a group or you're competing for a job, you have to put yourself in the position of the person listening to the information you're giving. So when you're, when you're looking for a job, the audience is the HR department, the interviewer, or the hiring manager interviewing, uh, for the, interviewing you for the job. So you have to think about what does that individual want to hear from you to make you a high-quality candidate and put you at the top of the list. And, of course, if you think back for a moment, if you think back through all of our careers, the kind of things that if you were hiring somebody – you would want to know is, are you results-oriented? And so tell me about the results and what you've accomplished in previous positions that can help us accomplish what we need to do uh, as we move our company forward. Are you customer-client-focused, customer-slash-client-focused? And, of course, 
there's more than, you know, it's not only just external customers, but they're internal customers also. So if you're in a staff group, you're giving advice and you're serving the needs of all the other employees, whether you're HR or you're PR or you're the, uh, the GC, the, the legal office, you're providing services internally. So if I was a hiring manager, I would want to know how you dealt with people who were internal. How did you provide them with, with your services? Uh, they want to know about your leadership style. Tell something about your leadership style. And of course, uh, without putting words in the person's mouth, that person needs to say, well, what I do is I sit down with my direct reports. We work up what their objectives should be. We negotiate the objectives. I make sure they have the right resources, and I cut them loose to do their thing. That's the way you answer that question. There's really no other way to answer it. Um, And so these are the kind of things that the hiring manager is going to want to know about, about you, and it differentiates you from everybody else. You need to talk about continuous improvement. It is amazing how many people don't talk about that, even though that that's a huge driver of any business. So you have to be focused on continuous improvement. Explain how and describe how you've done this in previous positions. Explain and, how you, and describe how you break, broke paradigms. How, you know, when somebody says, well, that's just the way it is, you, know, you don't take that. You say, well, there's, other, there's better ways to do it. That's the way we've been, do- we've been doing it for 50 years. And so there's better ways, and I have just a huge number of examples uh, that I've come across in my career that where I've broken paradigms, we do something different. Uh, you asked about emotional intelligence. And so this is one of my favorite, uh, favorite subjects. And in fact, uh, I have a chapter on it in my book. It's actually the, uh, the second chapter. And, you know, both of you are familiar with Daniel Goldman from the uh, Rutgers University, who's, you know, one of the leading uh, thought leaders in the area of emotional intelligence. And I'm just going to quote what he wrote. Um, It's not that IQ and technical skills were irrelevant. They do matter, but mainly they are threshold capabilities. That is, they are entry-level requirements for executive positions. And it's EQ. It's IQ that gets you in. It's EQ that lets you climb the ladder of success. And so everybody has to practice emotional intelligence skills. And the way I, you know, he's defined them in his his writings, but the way I apply them is I just have a couple of. Number one is you never, never undermine your relationship with your allies within the company or outside the company. There's too many people that do that. You have to recognize how other people perceive you. And so you have to know how you're coming off to others. And if it's not the way you want to come off to them, you have to change your style and change your approach so that you come off to those people the way you want. And that's an emotional intelligence skill. You always have to use your common sense and good critical judgment. In fact, you never want to hire anyone, especially those who are customer-facing, without common sense and good critical judgment because you're going to have to break the rules sometimes when it's in the best interest of the company and you want people to have common sense and good critical judgment to know when to do that. You never communicate with others that puts, in a way that puts them on a defensive. Uh, you need to listen to your direct reports and not shut them down. So these are kind of emotional, intelligent right. uh, kind of traits that we all have to practice to climb the ladder of success. So those are those are really Perfect. good. And, I, and like you said, Kathy and I, we've had Dana Goldman on the show a couple times and and uh, and I think what gets people's attention is saying, just like you're saying, yes, everybody's smart, and being smart is actually an equalizer. It's not a diff- differentiator. So going back to your your title, being different, 
you know, technical expertise gets you in, being smart gets you in, but it's not a differentiator. And the differentiator, you know, is this EI skills. You know, if, if you had to kind of pick for yourself, you know, what's been a, a differentiator kind of for you, and I love what you were saying about a paradigm breaker, you know, maybe that's something. But if you had to kind of go back for yourself and say, you know, here is, here's where I kind of uh, zeroed in on things that would be different or, or that sense of emotional brilliance, I kind of d- defined it this way. Well, let me, let me just close once on emotional intelligence. And so a lot of people list the skills that I've just, and traits that I've just listed as soft skills. They're not. Right. They're power skills. They are power skills. They, they're what gets you promoted. And don't think for a moment that they're not power skills. So let's yeah. talk about breaking paradigms. Um, and you know what, Stan? Stan, hold on for one second, because what you have to say is really important, and I love the idea of power skills. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back. You're listening to Leadership Development News. We're talking to Stan Silverman about his new book, Be Different, The Key to Business and Career Success. Don't go away. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. 
We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Stan Silverman. His book that just came out that you can get on Amazon and other uh, all the places you get your books, Be Different, The Key to Business and Career Success. And then before the break, we were just starting to zero in on what Stan was calling power skills. And one of the things, Stan, that, that stood out to me, which I think is very challenging for leaders, is breaking paradigms. And then you were saying you got a couple of experiences that you could share with us about that. Yeah, yes. The most significant experience I had was when I was, when I was president of our Canadian company, we wanted to build a small plant to supply uh, one of our pulp and bleaching products to a paper mill out in Alberta. And we did the economics on the plant, and it only had an 8% internal rate of return, and the cost of capital was 11, and we don't usually do projects unless they're 15 plus. And I just hated to go to the board and you know, try to justify it on a strategic basis. People don't like that. They want to see the economics. So I was sitting with our CEO, Paul Staley, uh, in Valley Forge. I'd come down and visit, visited him from Toronto. And I was explaining uh, the fact that I couldn't bring this to the board because it didn't have the right return. He said, well, tell me about the plant. So I told him about it. He said, well, how many people do you have running the plant? And I said, well, four people, which is the traditional number we would have running this plant. And he said, can you run it with zero people? said, no, no, Paul, you can't do that. He says, can you run it with one person? I said, no. He says, we'll get to that later. Can you run it with two people? So I knew where we were setting. I said, well, I, I guess we probably could, but we'd have to redesign everything. He said, I want you to redesign the plant with uh, one person on the first shift, one pe- person on the second shift. Don't hire chemical operators. Since you're out in Alberta, I want you to hire oil field people because they're used to operating by themselves. And I want you to take out everything in the capital estimate that you build in for future capacity expansion. I only want you to give me, build a plan for, for the first two years of, capa- of, of demand. And as the business grows, we'll add capacity to it, even though I know it's more expensive. We'll add capacity. And he says, go back and work on this. And as I'm leaving the office, he looks at me and said, I know you and your team can do this. It was like an historic thing, the way he looked in my eye. You know, you have one of those moments. So I fly back to Toronto, and I'm meeting the next morning with my engineering and plant operations team, and I explain what Paul wanted us to do. And I said, you know, Paul wants us to break every single paradigm we've ever had about operating one of these plants. And so we designed it to operate with one person on one shift, one person on the second shift, and we took all this capital out. We made it easier for for the operators to uh, to operate the plant. The return came in at 18%. Wow. So I took it to the board, and uh, the board approved it, and we started to operate the plant. We didn't add a third person until the demand grew, and we added a person to, to staff the third shift. And a number of years later, we, we built a similar plant on Vancouver Island to supply the pulp and paper industry, and it was a very, very small market. And we, in fact, ran it with one person, just like Paul said we probably might be able to do, and whenever that person went on trips or got sick, we hired a retiree to come in and fill in. So we did operate the plant with one person. And so from that point on, I'm thinking, you know, everything that we do, we need to challenge in light of what we may know today versus what we knew years ago. 
and the design of those plants were based on what we knew years ago. And so we called this the ideal plant concept. So every time we invested capital in a plant, we would send it in the direction of what we thought the ideal plant was, so that even though capital was already in the ground and invested, we would move that plant towards the ideal. Never, in fact, of course, accomplishing the ideal unless we built something grassroots. And so that was a very powerful lesson to me. You always want to break paradigms. Mm-hmm. And it sounds that's like also, excuse me, that's also the basis. More. That's also the basis of a continuous uh, improvement philosophy where you empower people from the bottom on up to improve their processes that they work on within the company. And if, they, if, if you empower people at the bottom rather than have it dictated from the top, it's sustainable. It's not sustainable if upper management has to order people at the bottom right. to, con- to, right. to improve. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. So just to kind That's of highlight very, what the story you told, though, is so powerful. You know, you think about it. Running a whole plant with one person, but really, I didn't mean to cut you off, but when you can look at something from such a different perspective and and using what you did, Stan, your own emotional brilliance, right, that moment of uh, epiphany, that moment uh, when he made eye contact with you, right, that was that emotionally intelligent moment. And then being able to break that paradigm in your own mind to come back to the board to show them 18%, right, 18%, that's huge. So huge improvement the over, over just, the original 8%, huge improvement. Yeah, huge exactly, improvement. exactly. So I didn't want to just glaze over that because for the, for the people who are listening, coaches often miss the point on what are you coaching for. And, and it's the, the emotionally intelligent, practical advantage that that we're speaking about that you get and, and it that story is very powerful and I hope our listeners uh, hear the excitement in my voice because if, if you can get your your coaching clients to really see the importance of that moment and putting yourself in the shoes of the employer and focusing on not only the individual's continuous improvement in whatever they're doing as a human being but relating that to their careers, that's where life satisfaction is going to map to that person's skills. And, and um, Riley, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hijack the conversation here, but Stan, that was a very powerful example. Right. Yeah, well, thank you, Kathy. Let me just point out, I think, uh, when you started your comment, uh, you referred to me as emotionally brilliant. I don't know if that's what it was, but it was pretty close to that. I am not. I am not emotionally brilliant. Okay. I think all of us are on a journey to be better every day than what we are. And I would always tell our people, uh, just to give you some background, when I became CEO, I took, we, we took the earnings from the company from 14 to $43 million in five in five years. And that was not me. That was the men and women around the world that ran our 19 businesses uh, in, uh, in 19 countries. All I did was tone at the top culture, put the right people in place, and overall corporate strategy, and I cut them loose to do their thing. And so people would come up to us, our shareholders, private shareholders would come up to us and say, boy, you guys are doing great because you're really building uh, earnings year over year, especially during the recession of 2002. I said, no, we're not great. 
We're working on a lot of things. We're pretty good in this area. We have a long way to go in this area. And I would tell our people within the company, don't ever refer to ourselves as great. We're on a journey to become great. We'll never get there because once we reach greatness, there's no place to go but down, and we'll get our clocks cleaned by competition. And so we are not great. We are on a journey to be great. We are on a journey to be great, which means we work every day at this. (laughs) I just want to say one thing, and I'm here having a giggle. And then we'll get back on track here if we've gone off track. And really, it's important for you to hear this because those of you who've been listening to us for 13 years, you know, know we all evolve, right? And we all change. But what Stan, and Stan, I'm not speaking to you at this moment. I'm speaking to our audience. What Stan doesn't realize is when I was a young consultant coming into a sales environment, sitting down across from a senior leader, Right here, I am, uh, little Kathy Greenberg, a new consultant in the area of change management, sitting across from a powerful, experienced senior leader. The reason why I say Stan is emotionally brilliant because in that moment, what he did for me was he made me relax, he made me feel welcome, he made me feel smart. And he made me feel like I could help. What more could you do to a stranger who walks into your office? So, Stan, I'm going to give you whatever it is you want to say about yourself, but I'm closing that conversation on that note. <laughs> well, you know, if you, if, you, if you want to really know what's going on in the company, your, your, your people, your employees up and down the line, not only your direct reports, but people, you know, deep in the organization have to be comfortable talking to you. And the way you do that is you don't come off as an imperial leader. There's too many imperial leaders. You don't self-aggrandize yourself. That's a terrible, terrible trait. And when, when, my, when uh, the former CEO of our company left the company, I was the COO, Chief Operating Officer. I sat next to him. I sat in a, in a row office. He had the corner office. And for two months, people would ask me, well, when are you going to move over to the corner office? I said, that's the last thing on my mind. I'm just trying to figure out what the new organization should look like and how we're going to start earning money for our shareholders and give them a great return. So I wasn't even thinking about that, about moving. I was just fine in my corner in my row office. So my executive assistant and the executive assistant of our CFO comes into my office and they say, we have an idea of what to use that corner office for if you're not going to move. Are you going to move? I said, no. Well, we know what to do. We're going to make it into a living room. A reception area so that when people from the outside come in, you don't have to talk to them across a conference table. They can we'll put a couple of sofas there and, and you know put in some uh, co- uh, coffee tables, and you can talk in a relaxed atmosphere, and we should open it up to everybody in the company. I said, that's a great idea. Scrounge up some furniture. Perfect. Uh, and, and, and let's open it up to the company. And so when you do that and people see that you're not self-aggrandizing, when I became CEO, I, I could have purchased, I could have rented or at least a, a car much more expensive because that's kind of my package, the CEO package. I didn't do it. I stayed at the same level as my people did. So I didn't change my car. And when people see that, they see that you're more interested in the company rather than in yourself. They talk to you. They tell you what's going on. And you Absolutely. never tell people what to do because it violates the chain of command. But they talk to you, and they show interest in you, and then you find out what's going on. We're going to take a quick break again, Stan, and I'm here chuckling to myself because as we go to commercial, I actually rode a bike 
at one of my client sites to prove to them that I was a senior leader in my firm, the consulting firm, managing 50 people on site, and I wanted my people to have the bulk of the budget for their own needs, so I rode a bike to work. They laughed hysterically. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful example. (laughs) Don't go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News. This is a show focused on being different for your own success. We'll be right back with Stan Silverman. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or Amazon Kindle. The Voice America interactive radio player powered by Aircast gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for your iPhone, Android, or Amazon Kindle powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers, with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. So we're talking with Stan Silverman, who has a book that you should go out and get called Be Different, the Key to Business and Career Success. Now, couple things we wanted to zero in on in our our last segment here is around empowerment. And you said you had a good story about empowerment. And then the other piece also that's a key thing is, like you mentioned, is getting out of your comfort zone. So we can kind of zero in on what what do you do, you know, to empower people? What have you learned about empowering people? And this, I'm going to give you an example, uh, Raleigh, that uh, that ha- actually happened. So when I was president of our Canadian company, we had a small production unit producing a product for the high-temperature uh, acid-resistant refractory uh, market, and the, the unit was sold out. There was We were putting a lot of overtime in. We hadn't put any capital into the unit in over 10 years, and we needed a capacity expansion. We figured we needed a 50% capacity expansion. 
And so it's a very small unit. I'm looking at the unit thinking it's probably a $500,000 type capital investment, but I don't know what the scope is. And rather than give it to an engineer to, to do this, the engineers only want to work on multi-million dollar projects because that's how they get promoted when they work on big complex projects. And this was a simple project. And so we, we asked the, the operator of the unit, Luigi Paolini, what he thought about expanding this unit. He said, well, I know how to do this. It's just that nobody's ever asked me. We said, we're asking you now. He said, well, I'll do it, but I need help from the mechanical department. I want to pick a mechanic to help me. So very cavalierly, the plant manager and I said, well, pick your man, Luigi. So he picked Don McNeil, who was the best mechanic in the plant, but not very favorable towards management, uh, just not having, he's, he's just not a good relationship person with management, always filing grievances and so forth. And so we asked Don to do this uh, to help uh, Luigi, and he said, I'll do it, but I'm only doing it to help Luigi, my friend. So a couple weeks later, they present the scope. And sure enough, it's the most innovative and creative thing I've ever seen. Don McNeil cost-estimated the project out, which we didn't ask him to do, at $260,000 versus my $500,000 kind of guesstimate. And we say, okay, you guys are now in charge of building it. So they build it out. And two months later, the plant comes up on stream. The project costs 250000 not two sixty. so Don brought it in 10000 less. And within seven days, they're at 50% increasing capacity. Within 14 days, they're at 63% increasing capacity. Everything's running just perfectly. Everything is just perfectly. It's an, e it's an easy job for Luigi to operate. And so we all changed a little bit because of that. I changed a lot. I'm taking a bit, well, Don McNeil is now telling his union brother in, in the plant that, you know, these guys trusted me for what I could do with my hands in addition to what I could do with my mind. They're pretty good guys. So he now becomes a positive opinion leader in the plant instead of a negative opinion leader. Uh, I'm taking a visitor through the entire plant, and we stop at Luigi's production unit, and Luigi says, I'll take the visitor for the tour of my production unit. I said, okay. So he gives the visitor the tour. And the next day he says to me, you know why I did that? I said, no. He said, I did it because this is my unit, not yours. This is my production unit. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, we created a sense of ownership of Luigi by just giving him responsibility over what, he's, what, what he operates, what he does in the company. And from that point on, the unit just outperformed every, every metric that we could uh, track it by. And so from there on in for the rest of my career, my objective was to create a sense of ownership people for what they did. And I was taught this by a chemical operator four levels below me at, Toronto, at the Toronto plant. Very powerful. It really is a powerful, powerful thing. You have, if you yeah. ask them, they will help you. But you have to ask. Treat them. But respect, your, your, respect them. They may not have a college degree or maybe some even don't even have a high school degree. But I'll tell you, they're pretty damn smart people. Yeah, that's a great story about empowerment. So, say a little bit about getting out of your comfort zone, because then we're, oh, we've only got a couple more minutes. Yeah, it's left. my favorite one. So, at the age of, at the age of thirty-two, I was the business manager for one of our uh, product lines. Uh, it's called anhydrosodium metasilicate, but that's not important for our audience. Let's call it ASM. And uh, a French company, Rempelank, decided to capture market share within the U.S. by shipping product and selling it into the U.S. below their home market price, which is one of the big definitions of dumping product. So I went to our CEO and I said, Paul, I want to sue these guys for dumping because they, they, they meet the criteria for dumping. So he talked about it. He said, okay, go do it. And uh, our attorney at the company helped us hire 
an expert on international trade and on dumping law. And he said to my product manager and I, he said, you guys are going to run the case. He, I said, what? He said, you're going to run the case. I said, you're not going to do it. He said, I'll help you. But you're going to present in front of the ITC, the International Trade Commission, because the commission will be much more lenient with respect to breaks in protocol and violations of protocol with two business guys defending their, their business rather than have an attorney do it. They're going to hold us accountable to the strict uh, protocol. And so we did. So for months and months, we interfaced with the staff, gave them all the data. We flew to, or we, we took the train down to Washington uh, when we had our hearing in front of the ITC. And this is a huge, huge room. It's just like the Supreme Court justice, you know, Supreme Court, except there are three, five commissioners and instead of nine Supreme Court justices. And we're presenting the case. We are presenting the case with the help of our attorney. And I'm so far out of my comfort zone, so far out of my comfort zone. So the other side, uh, Ron Plank, uh, their attorney, puts one of their principals on the, on, the, um, on the stand, and he's testifying that a meeting that they called with us, we tried to suggest that we do something that's anti-competitive, and I turned to our attorney. I said, that's an absolute lie. I said, I have the meeting notes for that meeting. He said, dig them out. So I have this huge box on, on the desk, and I'm, I'm pulling papers out. They're probably wondering what I'm doing. And I give him the meeting notes. He reads it and smiles. He says, Madam Chair, we have meeting notes from that meeting. So she turns to the Rome Pollock principal and says, well, do you have meeting notes? He says, no. She says, let me see the meeting notes. So uh, her assistant takes it up to her, and she reads it and smiles and says to her assistant, make four copies for the other commissioners. And it just blew them away. It, it really showed that's not what happened. They were lying to the court. And the result was they found for PQ, my company, five to zero, and they assigned the highest dumping duty for a chemical ever imported into the United States, ever. And we felt like we won the Olympics. And I'll tell you, I was so far out of my comfort zone during the process. But you know, at the end, I'm thinking, wow, what did I learn here? Look what we learned. Look what we learned. And so I would encourage everybody to get out of their comfort zone. I would encourage, because they're going to develop in ways that they're unfamiliar with, I encourage every boss to push their people out of their comfort zone because you're going to develop future leaders. Outstanding. So, Stan, as we come to, um, we're almost to the end of the show here, I just want to uh, ask you if you could please uh, bring, uh, bring to our listeners how they can learn more about you, uh, your newsletter, your book, and, and any leadership programs that you might be having. Is there a website they can go to, or where would you suggest? Yes, they can go to my website. It's silvermanleadership.com. It has all my weekly articles. Uh, I'm up to 285, I think, uh, at last count. They can peruse the articles. They can search by subject uh, on, my, uh, on my website and read my articles. They can go out and buy my book which is Be Different, the, the, key to, excuse me, the Key to Business and Career Success. They can buy the book at Barnes & Noble or at Amazon.com. And I think Thank they'll enjoy so reading much. both my articles and my book. Definitely, definitely. Relly, anything you'd like to say? Yeah, so Stan, thank you so much. So it's Silverman, silvermanleadership.com. Is what, just to yes. reiterate, right? Well, yes. thank you so yes. much for, for uh, helping us come up with tools and tips for being a top performer as you are, and, and if people want and need more, to go hear more from you in your book. Um, yes, so thank, thank you. you. You've been listening to Leadership Development News. Keep tuning in to tune up your performance.
Thank you. Yeah, Rally and uh, Kathy, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.